This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, mass shootings are nothing new in the United States of America. They are not new, but they are still, when one sees them, terribly traumatic for people in the United States, for some people in the United States. And last weekend, there was yet another example. Ten people were murdered in a supermarket called Tops. This was in New York, and the crime was committed by an 18-year-old, Peyton S. Gendron, who was well-armed with rifles and stuff, and also had the means to film the carnage he was creating. We're joined now from Washington by Niall Stanich, associate editor of The Hill newspaper, a respected Washington newspaper for not being as partisan as many other media outlets. Nile is also the White House columnist for The Hill. Nile, as I pointed out there, these incidents are not new, but they don't fail to shock certainly those of us here, and I'm sure people, most many people in America as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the shooting in Buffalo, New York, was a particularly stark example of that. Incredibly shocking stuff, uh, terrible stuff. I mean, you you know, you you people out doing their shopping who end up murdered in a in a grocery store. Um, the motivation seems plainly racist. Um, of the total thirteen people who were shot, eleven were black. All ten of the people who were fatally shot were black. And in fact, Mister Gendron um, published an online. Uh, manifesto, maybe too grand a word, an online rant of some length in which he made no bones at all about the fact that he was targeting black people and in fact had journeyed, some, he lives uh, quite a long way away from this supermarket, but had journeyed to it specifically because it's in a heavily black neighborhood of Buffalo and therefore, you know, was uh, in his kind of twisted mind, um, an inviting target. Yes, and he had been influenced by online stuff. 
much of which I think is desperate uh, mm. and unbelievable. One of the theories that, of course, benefited most from the online stuff was the idea that Joe Biden was not the legitimate winner and that Donald Trump had the election stolen from him. Another very heavily underlined conspiracy theory online is what's called the Great Replacement Theory. Not just online, people like Tucker Carlson on Fox News, the most popular cable news channel, and he is the most popular of their presenters. They claim to be believers in the Great Replacement Theory. Can you explain to us what the Great Replacement Theory is? There are a few different variants on it, but basically it is the idea that shadowy groups, whether that is elites or sometimes Jewish people, are in the process of intentionally replacing white Americans with non-white people, whether that is primarily in terms of encouraging a migration from south of the United States, or whether it is in some bizarre fashion um, intended to sort of uh, decrease the white population. It has had a long uh, history in racist circles. Tucker Carlson has a particularly, in my view, disingenuous uh, stance on this, in which he sort of says that he is not, he, he dislikes the label great replacement theory, while trafficking in what seems almost exactly that. I mean, for example, he has talked about uh, people trying to replace the current electorate with new people um, who will vote for Democrats, basically, or the replacement of, I'm quoting here, legacy Americans with more obedient people from faraway countries. So that is, whether he likes to admit it or not, a classic great replacement theory stuff and does show the extent to which that has been, uh, to some extent, mainstreamed in American society, having been you know, a, a, a marginal uh, theory, a theory confined to the racist fringes for uh, a long time. Yes, and one should say about Tucker Carlson that before Russia invaded Ukraine, he singularly, really, among American broadcasters, was singing Vladimir Putin's praises mm -hmm. and doing it nightly. He apparently has eased off a bit now, and anyone who has seen the barbaric behavior of the Russian troops would naturally want to distance themselves from what are serious war crimes. Carlson has to some extent. The point here is, I mean, one of Rupert Murdoch's sons decided to walk away from the family. This is a Murdoch operation, a pure and simple. This peddling this kind of stuff. There's no doubt about that, is there? Uh, not really that it's a Murdoch operation. No, I, I don't think there's any doubt that it's a Murdoch operation. They have come under pressure quite frequently, I would say with increasing frequency in recent years, from um, people who are object to the stuff they put out and therefore try to encourage or lead advertiser boycotts. Um, it is believed, for example, that Tucker Carlson's show, despite its massive ratings, is not as much of a 
money spinner. I mean, I'm sure it's profitable, but not as much of a money spinner as you might expect because advertisers are, are many of them, are reluctant to be associated with Tucker Carlson. Uh, in relation to the Ukraine issue, I think it was... He, he was more hewing to an isolationist position. His position was, why yes. would the United States get involved, really? But this other um, stuff like the uh, replacement theory and the constant pumping of noxious sort of innuendos into the American body politic is something that he does uh, with great frequency. And I think he does it perhaps more uh, effectively, if we can use that word, than most others even on um, Fox News. He's a, he's a curious uh, character. I mean, he's not an unintelligent man by any stretch of the imagination, but I, my personal view is, is he traffics in these things because there's money in doing so and, and viewing figures in doing so. And it's uh, pretty alarming stuff a lot of the time. Yes, and, and this young man, Peyton, S. Gendron, the 18-year-old, was an avowed racist. Mm -hmm. He also referenced watching stuff online. He had prepared for, as I understand it, for a couple of years to commit this appalling atrocity. And he doesn't consider himself to be crazy. Uh, not as far as we know. Uh, I mean, in fact, it, to your point, I'm not totally sure how long he was planning for, but he certainly wrote uh, about making what he would rather grandiosely see as a sort of a reconnaissance mission before doing this shooting. He went yes. apparently to the supermarket before the instance where he murdered all these people to see, you know, what he could do to try to work out who he could kill, whether there would be security guards on duty, uh, things like that. There was, in fact, a security guard on duty who was who was killed um, in the shooting um, while trying to stop um, the shooter. So there was all of this uh, planning involved. Um, to your point about whether he considers him cra himself crazy or not, I believe, and these are, of course, initial reports, he intends to plead not guilty. And the, the basis of that, and this is purely based on, on media reporting, it's not like I've spoken to his lawyer, but I believe he's going to, or he, he still believes that he was right to do what he did because of these racist and, and wild beliefs that he holds. So um, that's where we stand with him. Now, Joe Biden spoke about this incident on Wednesday. I saw him speak. He was very emotional and clearly like many decent people, very moved by this. He said, and I'm quoting, the American experiment in democracy is in danger, close quote. And there was no sense in which he was electioneering or in any way polemicizing this, he expressed as a sincere belief. That phrase, the American experiment in democracy, struck me because we mentioned it before when we spoke to you. In January, one of the Supreme Court justices, Stephen Breyer, resigned from the court. And in his valedictory speech at the end, he said he hoped that the American experiment in democracy would survive. He said it depends on my children and my grandchildren. So the idea that First of all, democracy in America is an experiment. Secondly, 
that it is, as the president expressed it, in danger, is extraordinary when you put it together with the Trump phenomenon, these shootings, the Tucker Carlson thing, and another remarkable stat that you sent me this week in a piece you wrote, a very good piece you wrote for The Hill. There's a poll that shows 76% of Republican voters believe Joe Biden was not the legitimate winner of the 2020 election. That is a truly staggering number of people. It means effectively only 24% believe that Biden is the legitimate president of the United States. Exactly, exactly, yes. To that specific point for a start, I mean, I mean it's, it's only to state the obvious, really, to say that in a democracy you need the outcome of elections to be respected. If people do not believe that elections are legitimate, then they won't give their faith to democratic institutions and the whole system will break down. To have three quarters of Republican voters believe that President Biden was not legitimately elected is a huge, huge problem, a big flashing red warning light. Now, then there is the broader topic about the danger to uh, American democracy. And in the speech that you're referring to from President Biden, he went on to say, and this is a direct quote, it's in danger this hour. Hate and fear being given too much oxygen by those who pretend to love America, but who don't understand America. And that comment is obviously much broader than elections. That is about a kind of stoking of grievance, racial and otherwise, which clearly has been going on for some years in the United States. You and I have spoken a a number of times before about the fact that uh, Donald Trump was in some ways an accelerant of those trends and a product of those trends. He wasn't really the origin of them. And um, that process has reached such an alarming pitch now that I do not think the comments from Biden or Breyer are hyperbole. I think that that danger legitimately does exist. And, you know, right now, Biden is in the White House and Democrats have the majorities in the Congress. But the latter part of that is likely to change this November. And uh, then there will be a 2024 election where we'll just have to see whether people believe the outcome, whether the election is fairly conducted. All kinds of questions are uh, arising at this at this juncture for democracy in America. Yes, and I mean, the thought has crossed many minds of people I know. It certainly crossed my mind, and it is this. Had Donald Trump been in the White House when Putin launched his invasion Mm. of Ukraine and committed the war crimes and all kinds of atrocities that we have yet to learn the full extent of. Given Donald Trump's relationship or lack of one with the NATO allies, Mm. for example, Mm -hmm. given his curious relationship with Putin, which was symbolized by that press conference they gave together in Helsinki, I believe, Mm -hmm. in which Trump appeared the supplicant and appeared almost intimidated by Putin. Mm. Thank God he wasn't the president of the United States when this invasion took place. But he 
he has a very good chance of being president in the United States in 2024. Mm-hmm. Have Americans actually thought to themselves, is there any evidence, for example, that the consequences of a Trump presidency right now for Ukraine, for Europe, and for NATO would be really mind-blowing? Some of them have thought of that, I think. I mean, you're quite right, obviously, that we would be in a different world had Trump still been in power when Putin had done this. There's really very little evidence that uh, Donald Trump believes in NATO, for example. And there's certainly no no real evidence that he has any interest in uh, building alliances or holding together alliances in the way that Biden, whatever Biden's other faults, has really done during this conflict. And then you mentioned the whole the whole Pandora's box of Trump's attitude toward toward Putin and toward Russia. So you put all that together, and obviously the American response would have been vastly different. It's interesting, you know, Eamon, I'm old enough to remember elections like, say, George W. Bush v. Al Gore, where it was a trendy thing to say, oh, well, there's no real difference yeah. between the parties. I mean, even in that case, there clearly was, as subsequent events proved. But right now, I mean, the difference between the parties is such a gulf, or, or particularly, I, I should say, the gulf between, say, Trump and Biden on something like Ukraine is is massive. So having said all of that, uh, that has clearly not by any means ruled out uh, Donald Trump's chances of coming back to the White House after the 2024 election. He is still clearly the front runner for the Republican nomination in 2024. Whoever the Republican nominee is will have a fighting chance. There is, uh, it's worth pointing out, evidence that Trump is fairly unpopular with the population at large. And that's a point that I think we've made on this podcast yes. before. But he is still very popular approval ratings in the 70 or 80 percent range with Republican voters. And I don't see who within the Republican Party would beat him if he sought the nomination. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, just to move on slightly to the primaries that are taking place in America. These are within the Republican and Democratic Party, people running against each other as they do for presidential nominations to get the nomination to run in the House or the Senate. Trump's endorsement is felt to be an advantage. And how has that manifested itself? For example, I mentioned a state senator, Doug Mastriano, who is going to be the Republicans' nominee in Pennsylvania, a key state, one has to say, and certainly in presidential terms. He has Trump's endorsement. How have those with the endorsement fared? And is there any evidence to suggest he can be the difference between one kind of Republican and another? There is some evidence of that. Actually, Trump's nominees have had a bit of a mixed record so far, but Mastriano is one of the electorally strongest, but um, to many people of a centrist or liberal disposition, I'm most one of the most alarming um, victors. Doug Mastriano, as you said, a state senator, will be the Republican nominee for governor in Pennsylvania. Uh, Mastriano is someone who has trafficked in the same false allegations of election fraud as Trump has done. And he also um, came to Washington on January the 6th. He says he did not enter the Capitol itself, but he certainly appears to have marched to the Capitol with other people seeking to overturn the results of the election. Um, For understandable reasons, I think, Eamon, outside the United States, people sometimes don't maybe pay a great deal of attention to races outside the the presidency, um, and certainly not necessarily to gubernatorial uh, races in states. But in Pennsylvania, the governor gets to appoint the state's secretary of state. And the secretary of state is the person who essentially administers elections. So If Mastriano were to win the the general election in November, he would then have that power. And, you know, then you have somebody who was at January 6th having that power. Yes, and also somebody who pushed at the time for an alternate slate of electors to be appointed Mm. by the state legislature in Pennsylvania, a move that would have overturned the election result in the state if it had been successful. Mm. And there are, there are examples all over the place, aren't there, of what's called 
election reform in Georgia, for example, mm. which is likely to disadvantage people who might vote Democrat. That's right. I mean, there's in, a, in the presidential election. That's right. There's a lot of um, there. There's a lot of controversy over um, what is essentially perceived to be uh, voter suppression in uh, in a number of ways and in a number of different states. And in fact, to that point, um, my uh, Mastriano in Pennsylvania would want to, uh, in the name of quote-unquote election security, throw out all existing voter registrations. People have to register to vote in this country, as you're probably aware. He would start that process from scratch um, and therefore people who didn't re-register would be disenfranchised. He would claim that he's doing that for election security purposes or is proposing that for election security purposes. Um, many other people would see that as a fairly blatant effort toward um, voter suppression. Now, the kind of people that Donald Trump is endorsing, let's have a look at Representative Madison Cawthorn. Mm-hmm who is a Republican, he was defeated in his primary mm-hmm. by a state senator, another Republican, mm. although Cawthorn was endorsed by Trump. That, that, that sort of chap is, is, <laughs> is Madison Cawthorn. Well, he's a more colorful character than some Republicans. I guess we can say that for him. He has a whole series of controversies around him. Some uh, involving firearms, another instance in which he was um, a photograph emerged from wearing woman's lingerie. Another, he's a very conservative person in his avowed beliefs, I should, I should point out. Yes. Um, and then he also claimed to consternation from some of his colleagues that he had been invited to orgies while in Washington and uh, that I think some of his colleagues had taken cocaine or he had witnessed people taking cocaine or something of that, of that nature. All of that was a little bit much for the Republican voters of his district in North Carolina, which is a... a <laughs> fairly conservative district, and the Donald's endorsement was therefore not enough uh, to save him. Um, Cawthorn's defeat was interesting in that it was a fairly rare victory for the Republican um, so-called establishment over the more Trumpian um, wing. But as I say, I mean, Trump's candidates have had a a mixed record. In the Pennsylvania Senate primary, for example, um, Mehmet Oz, better known as a, a Dr. Oz, a TV personality, he, I think, is almost going, certainly going to head into an automatic recount. Um, it's an extremely, extremely close race there. He, as I'm speaking to you right now, has a very, very small lead, about two-tenths of a percentage point. And so he, he was also uh, backed by Trump, and that has been... Enough to get him into a tiny lead, but not enough to uh, propel him to any kind of sweeping victory. Now, Niall, to something that affects Ireland and indeed may well affect the British who are acting the Egypt as usual under Boris. Nancy Pelosi last evening made a speech in which she warned the British that there would be no trade deal with the United States if they messed around with the Good Friday Agreement, and they are messing around with the Good Friday Agreement, and they're going to legislate unilaterally to change elements of the Nor- what's known as the Northern Ireland Protocol, which is part 
of the agreement they signed with the European Union. They are, in effect, in effect going to break international law unilaterally. This is a matter of some import to people like Pelosi, Richie Neal, the Democrats in particular, and indeed to Joe Biden. Can you confirm that the degree of commitment there is should Britain misbehave badly, which is in fact what they're doing? Yeah, I think there is a genuine commitment there on the part of the Biden administration and some of the Democrats you mentioned. Biden himself, obviously, very proud of his Irish roots. Uh, you know, he'll kind of quote Yeats or Seamus Heaney at the, at the drop of a hat. But he's also, you know, of that generation that obviously he very clearly remembers the troubles uh, and yes. the torturous negotiations that led to the Good Friday Agreement, in which, of course, George Mitchell, a, a Democratic uh, yes. senator or former senator by that stage, was very centrally involved. Pelosi's statement, which just uh, came out on Thursday, was very strong. I mean, particularly by the standards of you know normal diplomatic language. She called it deeply concerning that the UK was, as she put it, seeking to unilaterally discard the Northern Ireland Protocol. And she said plainly that if the United Kingdom, and this is a direct quote, chooses to undermine the Good Friday Accords, the Congress cannot and will not support a bilateral free trade agreement with the United Kingdom. And so she could hardly be more clear than that. The, the thing I will say about Pelosi is, you know, in this country, she's a fairly, I suppose, controversial figure, beloved by Democrats and hated by Republicans. As a Political strategist, she's very, very good, and she's as hard yes. as nails as well, which which helps. Yes. And so, if she says that, that's going to happen. Here's the uh, asterisk, though: that if she says that, that's what's going to happen, so long as she holds the majority in the House. Um, after November's elections, it seems unlikely she will hold the majority in the House, and then we'll have to see. I don't think, to be clear, that there's an American Republican um, impetus to right. go fully along with Boris, but I'm also not sure there would be the same level of commitment as there is from people like Biden and Pelosi. And of course, November could be the end of Nancy Pelosi as Speaker mm. of the House of Representatives, because it's highly likely they will lose both the Senate and the House, and the House in particular, where they only have a very small majority. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think the House is the one that they're almost certain to lose. The Senate, Democrats have an uphill battle to hold on to the Senate, but you can see a pathway through which they can do so. Uh, it's very, very difficult to imagine Democrats holding the House while Biden's approval ratings are where they are, which is high 30s, low 40s. So that's Yes, and yeah. uh, just a final question on that. I mean, traditionally, the Irish-American lobby is strong with the Democrats, very strong. And even at times, uh, Ronald Reagan came to Ireland uh, mm -hmm. when he was president. But if November produces what we think it will do, which is a president who is really a prisoner in the White House on many issues that if the Senate and the House go to the Republicans. In terms of trade deals for the British support for the Good Friday Agreement, are the Republicans as engaged, shall we say, 
as the Democrats are in that effort? I don't think they're as engaged, no. I don't think that there is the same amount of determination on the Republican side. Yes. Now, as I say, I, I don't necessarily think that means they'll be, you know, sprinting to do a trade deal with the UK or that they'll be just, um, you know, fully on Boris Johnson's side and all things. But I don't, if there were, for example, a Republican Speaker of the House, which would be most likely to be Kevin McCarthy, uh, despite that, <laughs> despite <laughs> that, Kevin. <laughs> my Kevin, as Trump sometimes refers to him, yeah. um, despite the last name, I would not expect Kevin McCarthy to make the kind of statement that Nancy Pelosi made on Thursday about this. I, not because, uh, well, just because I don't think he cares particularly, essentially. And just a, a final point. Donald Trump, by his very nature, is attracted to Britain, to royalty, to the Queen, mm -hmm. to Boris, and all of that. And he would be predisposed, I, su I suggest, mm. to support glorious Great Britain <laughs> rather than the poor old Irish. Yeah, or the European Union, which he dislikes yeah, for all of sorts course. of peculiar reasons. Yeah. I, I think he blames them for not allowing uh, wind farms off one of his golf courses in Scotland or something like that. The details of that story uh, are only dim in my mind. But to your actual serious point, Trump is clearly you know, pro-Brexit, pro-the UK, pro-Boris yes. Johnson, um, pro-Nigel Farage, for, for whatever that's yes. worth. So it's, you, worth a lot. it's worth a lot. <laughs> yeah. So you put all those ingredients together, and uh, if we do indeed have a re-elected President Trump about two and a half years from now, I think it will be sing he'll be singing a very different story from President Biden on this issue. Okay, Niall, we're very grateful to you for joining us uh, from Washington. That's Niall Stanich, Associate Editor of The Hill. You can get to read his stuff. It really is excellent, and we're very happy when he contributes to The Stand. Thanks to Niall. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.